You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Welcome to another Fully Booked Meets. I'm here with myself, Mace. French. And we have a special guest. He's not new to the show, and the people then called for it because last time we had him on to Fully Booked Meets, it went viral, and that's no exaggeration. Welcome, my brother, Daryl Blake, to the platform. Thank you, boys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Daryl is... Now, honestly, like, the last time... Yeah, like... Imagine, yeah, I didn't even eat before I came on to the last, yeah. uh, last recording. And you had that long journey to the studio. Right? But, you know, when I left, mm. I wasn't even hungry anymore, you know. I felt like my mind was was full, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my mind and my belly were full. <laughs> like, so that's so, what bro. That's what it was. There you go. Do you know what mm. I mean? So, I can honestly say, like, thank you so much. Like, I, I, I literally appreciate the opportunity to come on and and speak my truth and um yeah second time round you know what i mean round two yeah. uh, a lot's happened since then you know what i mean uh-huh. like, month, like 2019 um when 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 we spoke last exactly and now we're 2021 and you know in the space of a year plus a lot happened you know what i mean so sure we're going to get into it so that's that's yeah. part of the reason french myself and unfortunately is in Ghana at the moment but that's part of the reason we wanted you back on the platform because of a what's 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 gone before us in the last year or so since we last had you on but b also because we went you touched base on so many items we didn't even finish up so it's really you wanted to get part two back on with yourself and just go through the past year what's been going on in society what's been going on in, in your life and um and what I want to do is, for those who haven't seen part one, and I can't imagine it's it's many, but those who haven't seen part one of the podcast, the Fully Booked Meets We've Done with before, give a little brief intro into Daryl Blake, into the mind and world of Daryl Blake for them, please. Uh, <laughs> well, I am uh, someone who's considered a um, community historian. Um, I'm an educator. I work um, in secondary schools, mainly around Key Stage 4 students. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that have been based around at the moment are ones who are on SENCO or SEN students. And um, they are the ones who seem more vulnerable in schools when it comes to academia. But essentially, those are the ones who have been labelled under the, the category of BAME. So 95% of the students that I work with are Black. Um, and I think 3% are Asian and then the rest are like European, essentially. Um, and uh, my work is considered alternative learning or alternative understanding to the national curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and away from that, the community work is, that I do is based around mentoring, leadership and empowerment. Um, that's all under the umbrella of Pan-Africanism and um, Black Studies, who, which I'm a student of. Um, and, you know, sort of, a black empowerment uh, advocate mm-hmm. and I've been labeled the black Robin Hood, you know, steal the information from the rich and give it to those who are less fortunate um, to, to, to um, have the information. So yeah, it's many hats, but I'm just an, yeah, I'm just an many ordinary facets. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just an ordinary guy just, just trying to read. <laughs> that's it, just trying to read. Yeah, so, yeah over there though bro that's what we do that's what we like to talk about books that we read the information that it gives and not just reading and and doing nothing it's the actions that you do with it and how you can implement it on on everyday life and as you said sharing the information as well there's no point hoarding it and doing nothing with it. you know what i'm saying so that's what we do here bro so i just want before we even go any further though i definitely want to say thank you for for coming back on because the last time you was on here it was very insightful um, you provided us with a lot of content or context in regards to some of the things that goes on in, in the schools and just just information in regards to what books that we can get to to do our own research and to, to find out things that we need to know for ourselves. Because it's easily said and done that you can come on here now on the platform and, 
and give all this information. But I think if you don't personally go and have a look yourself, then then what's the red? What's, what's, it's just hearsay. It's just taking it off from another source. But I think this platform here, we're going to encourage for people not just to listen and, and hear an opinion, but also go check out the facts, check out what you're saying, go and do your own research, be encouraged that to, to go and look at a book, go and look at um, what you're saying in, in, in on other platforms as well. So it all comes together. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it better than I would ever say it, really. Um, it's important to take information and apply it um, again, because the information's out there. It's about what you do with it, you know. And I mean, I've I've got books. I've read bits and pieces, journals, essays. The fun part is telling people, you know, like that. Like keeping it to myself is boring. Like those who consider themselves like intellectuals, um, got many degrees and whatnot, and you know, they just harbor that information, and just like whenever they feel like speaking, they just want to regurgitate what they've learned and then just go into their corner and give their one or two opinions. I, 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 I just, those people I don't understand. Like information is meant to be shared. Like it's literally meant to be shared. Like it's, it should be gossip, you know? Like our gossip. That would be the gossip. Should be, be the gossip it should be gossip, right? It should be right. gossip talks, not like um, your normal things that happen in popular culture. It literally should be, oh, did you hear about, wait, I'm gonna later on. We're gonna make a WhatsApp group here. And we need to oh, add yeah, some information. Did you know about melanin in the universe? Swear, doggers. Like it should be gossip. <laughs> to it. Like, it shouldn't just be oh, it's for the no. It should be stuff to get excited about. There should be hashtags. There should be like breaking news. Like this person found out that you know the oldest bones ever found in Africa was in Ethiopia. Hey, and then whatever, but but it's a long way to go before we get to that stage. You know what I mean? So, but you know, you know the information that goes back. The whole the whole securing of the information goes back to, I guess, we'll get into it. But where we are is because of certain people having information and other people not having the information. If you think what I'm saying, 100%. so that's that's why we're we're in a society where information is so powerful because. Again, as you said, it's easy for people to hoard it, but there's the people that hoard it for a reason. So not everyone is on the same playing field because if we all had the same information, we'd be all on the same playing field. We all have the same opportunities. But obviously there's 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 a system, a systematic, a systematic system that's been put in place for us to not acquire all the information. But now, luckily enough, we're we're all in the age of the information age and it's making the playing field playing field a lot more even. We've still got a long way to go, but we're on the right track from, from what I can see, um, just looking around, looking at my peers, looking at my brothers, my sisters, them, and just, just us as a people. I think we are we are making the right steps in the right direction, but that's due, that's only due to information because generations before us, as we know, they they was banned from being able to read and things of that nature. So when, you've, when we've, we've started with such a... I guess a a weight on our leg at the start the starting blocks. Obviously, we're going to be in the positions that you see us in at the moment. But as I said, the more information that we have and the more information that we share amongst each other, the further that we'll get along. Spot on. Right, <laughs> 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 like I, I can't contribute to that. Like that's one hundred percent right. Like that's that's exactly mm. what it is. So yeah, like. But bro, do you know what? I want to, I want to, I want to get to the juicy bits because I know we can, we can talk about and be philosophical, philosophical, philosophy, talk philosophy all day. But, but literally, I just want to, um, from your standpoint, uh, in a, a black historian, looking back on 2020, how do you think it's going to be marked in our history, just in terms of? what's happened over here and what's happening in the US. Like, let's just kick it off now and just get to the juicy bits because, as I said, we can be here for hours. Um, okay, so let me start with the US. Um, yeah. 2020, um, I, I feel like it, George Floyd, I feel, I just feel like it, it it's not a unique event because there's been many police brutality deaths prior to George Floyd, right? But mm -hmm. the reason why 
I feel that one sort of like just spearheaded this whole global movement was because there was many factions that kind of played a part. So one, we are going for a global crisis. So everybody's sort of on edge and everybody's paying attention to the news and oh my days, right? Two, there hadn't really been a um, sort of like a, a national outcry for defunding the police. There hasn't been until George Floyd happened. And this George Floyd happened at a time where there is a, a, a massive, a secret uprising uh, of black consciousness. When George Floyd died, the first people to respond weren't academics. It weren't politicians. It was graffiti artists. Graffiti artists were the ones that were writing his names on the wall, right? So they had George and then Floyd or Floyd dot, 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 or they'll have George dot, dot, dot. So they, they, they separated his names and kind of did their artwork. They were the first people to respond because art always reflects times. It always reflects what's going on in the world, right? So prior to George Floyd, in like May, in June, there has been this massive conversation around um, reparations in the United States. There's been this whole conversation about, okay, how are we going to make 2020 be the grand year for the, what's it called? The it's back to Africa movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, within the United States, a lot of celebrities were going to Ghana like every yeah. September, December. Yeah. Uh, but it was going to make this year like more grand than ever, right? Also, I'm a sort of person that plays around with numbers. So 2020, it's alliteration, isn't it? Like it doubles up 2020, 9-11, you know, like it, it, we've, there's been deaths by, by the hands of the police in 2019, 2018, and so forth. But 2020 has a little ring to it. Plus... I also believe that what tends to happen within black organizations is they will get amped and supported by European organizations and support groups, um, which ultimately takes the eye of what's going on in the wider sense of the world. So everybody's focused on George Floyd, but no one's really pay attention to what the United States is doing to people in Africa. They're not looking at what Red Cross, the charity is going into Africa and doing in terms of like abusing young boys and young girls. You know what I mean? Going into um, uh, uh, like, like parts of like West Africa and speaking to politicians and creating a, a new wave of corrupt government. When you're focused on George Floyd, you're not looking at what China's doing in terms of them becoming a new colonization group to, to, to fund Africa or nations within Africa. But then in that same breath, create a system of interest where you know these African nations are not going to have the fees to pay back this debt. So essentially mm -hmm. they're going to be taken over. So we're not focusing on that. So 2020 is the perfect year for the incident of George Floyd because our George Floyd becomes this, this name, this brand. It becomes this, this, this figure of a movement um, that everybody can stand by. Um, but it's, to me, it's just another... It's another lost brother to the system, um, but we've lost many people to the system. And I feel like 2020 is just because of the pandemic, because people had to spend time at home. And the reason why it was big, like most movements and most marches is because the powers that be are white Americans and white Americans supported the whole movement behind George Floyd. Most of the marches you see fighting against the police and whatnot was white Americans. It weren't black Americans, it was white Americans. And because by nature and by design, the, the concept of the United States was created um, 1776 um, after you know, the Civil War, the idea and concept of the United States is built upon anarchy. It's built upon rioting. It's built upon fighting. It's built upon death. It's built upon all these things. So by nature, there's always going to be a fight, a riot on that soil because that's how the nation was built. So George Floyd had many support groups, but the mass support group from white Americans um, essentially outgrew all the other groups because they were frustrated at the um, coronavirus um, pandemic, which was doing to their businesses, to their families and whatnot. So then going out there and taking up the opportunity to riot weren't in support of George Floyd. Let's, let's just get that idea out of our heads. It wasn't. It was an opportunity for them to really go out there and cause... A, have it when you saw videos of shops being burnt and you know people smashing windows with hammers 
there was a plethora amount of videos when you see these people that are masked up going to these George Floyd riots and they were just positioned people. These are police officers. These are just random people. Even news reporters got caught smashing windows so they can film and say, oh my gosh, look what's happening. It's anarchy, they're looting, so on and so forth. So we've got to step away from this, the smoke screen of, you know, George Floyd, his death, like Black Lives Matter. We've got to step away from it because the moment we get caught up on the system trying to support us by creating this movement of, okay, how can we talk about diversity? How can we talk about equality? The moment we get caught up in this idea that they want to listen, we've lost. I said this before on the last, on the last um, podcast, we've lost because they do not want to help. They do not want to support. Same here in the UK. What happened? We had this whole mass of people on Instagram posting black squares to show support. Black squares, yeah, businesses posting black squares. It's like, okay. And then after like three, four weeks, they would go back to normalization. So once the hype's calmed down, whilst, whilst um, you know, no one's really mentioning George Floyd, once the riots have calmed down, summer's sort of coming to an end, you know, we've, 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 we've gone through June, we're hitting July, we've only got one month of August, um, and obviously uh, there's restrictions in place. Let's go back to normalization, let's work on our businesses. We got caught up on the idea because anybody that looks like an ally who's for us, like, yeah, and like, we got to support black people. This is not on. We get excited, like, we clap, like, yay. Look at it leading up into Christmas. How many businesses decided to put black people in their Christmas advert? Loads. Sainsbury's. No, loads of people decided to do it, right? And it obviously upset white British people where there's like, this is not a reflection of Britain. You're dividing up. It's a segregation. That like, this is not a reflection of my life. It's not a reflection of of Britain itself and you had these businesses saying do you know what if you don't like it then oh well you don't have to support you don't have to shop with us and some people saying we're boycotting Tesco's and going Sainsbury's Sainsbury's came out with their advert and it's like okay I'm boycotting Sainsbury's and going Asda Asda had a little mini advert then you got Audi you had Lidl then you had Vodafone you had all and Mark Spencer's you had all these little mini adverts celebrating Christmas and the leaders Christmas but he had diversity in the adverts so us were like yeah go Sainsbury's yeah go Tesco's yeah but now that hype's died out, we're in the new year. If you look at the adverts now for, for these supermarkets and all these brands that were supporting having black couples or black people in, the, in, in, these, um, uh, in these adverts, they've all gone back to the normal stereotypes that you have within their, <laughs> within their adverts. I, I was making note today, there was four adverts, for life me, I can't even remember what they were. One of them was a car insurance company. They've gone back to having a mixed-race man or a mixed-race woman and a white guy. Mm. And then the children have curly hair and they're running up to daddy and there's always a puppy. I don't know what it's about these adverts, like puppies just make you feel like, oh my gosh, I want, I want to buy life insurance. I don't know why, but that puppy sold it for me. Not the person dying and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got nothing to leave for my family, but it was that puppy. The puppy did it for me. Let me get involved. Um, there's, always, there's always a puppy, a child or a baby. And then there's... They test that up. Right? And, and and mixed facts. So all this, all this. Saying sorry. I said that's tested. They, they'll test to see what makes you more likely to want to buy something. If you see a baby, if you see a, a puppy, or if you, do you know what I mean? Something that relates to your childhood or whatever, whatnot. So that's again, like not even to disrupt what you're saying, but yeah, that's that's yeah. put in place on purpose. Put in place on purpose, and they've gone back. So they slowly developed the whole thing of like, okay, let's go back to how things were before. Let's always have a representation of one black person and one white person, or one Asian person and one white person. Not two Asian people, not two black people. No, they we had our hype because it was 2020, Black Lives Matter, BLM, Black History Month, everything was like boom, boom, boom here. Um, in the UK, and we got excited. We jumped on the bandwagon, we were supporting these companies, and now 2020, 20, 2021, everything's gone back to normal. Everything's forgotten about. It's about, all right, we've got the money from them, let's just try and survive 2021 because Boris is on a madness. And we get caught up on it. 2020 will be marked as the year of George Floyd, just like how September 11th um, with the Twin Towers. Um, mm -hmm. And it will go down in history because it was the biggest national outcry for Black Lives and Black Marches. But it mm. came at a time of global frustration. Like mm. it, we've had, we've been frustrated for time. You know what I mean? We've had so many black deaths um, by the hands of the police in the United States. 
and we've rioted. We marched. The first Black Lives Matter march here was in 2016. And mm. people were angry. They were frustrated. I was there. Like, um, uh, if people follow me on um, Facebook, you will see my cover photo is me in the front line like that with my um, Eye of Horus uh, T-shirt and hat and whatnot. And there's another brother next to me. And then we've got the sisters behind us, like with the placards and it's real frustration and anger. When I went to the one this year in June, it just felt performative. Like you're seeing hands up, don't shoot. All right, okay. Um, you're, then you're seeing um, the UK is not innocent. That's another chart um, that they were doing, like hardcore chart in it. Like the UK is not innocent. The UK is not innocent. All right, cool. Um, another one was, uh, well, they, <laughs> this is how mad it is, yeah. I was outside number 10. Fima, I came to support a couple of people that wanted to go down there. I was like, we've never been to a march before. I was like, look, I'll come with you. We ended up walking from the US Embassy in Vauxhall yeah. to uh, Whitehall. Yeah, down in Whitehall, they've got um, where number 10 down the street. They had like these two sections that were blocked off. So we had to go around the section to then walk through to go to 10 down the street. Now, police are blocking the, the gate. Yeah. Right, cool. Then everybody's piled up there, chanting, shouting at number 10. All right, cool. One of the, the chants that I heard, and I couldn't believe it, right, was someone saying, Boris Johnson, suck your mum. And I heard it. So I had to look at my bridge and I was like, do you just hear that? And he's like, yep. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait there, wait there, wait there. So I went, I kind of stood back on some little wall thing, just so I can see, you know what I mean? I'm not a tall guy. So I had to go and see, like, who's shouting it? And for the life of me, I couldn't believe that the, the group of people that was there, like, was loads of people, but the people that were shouting and chanting this, 70, I would say just over 70% of the people were young white kids saying, Boris Johnson, suck your mom. And they were, like, chanting it. And I was like, wow, like it's got into the level where it's, it's gimmicky now. Like you got these young kids, they looked between 17 to 22, right? And to be 20, like 21, 22, still young, right? To me anyway. Um, and when I'm seeing them saying, suck your mum, that's why I just knew it's performative because you're taking something. You don't know where it comes from. These white kids don't understand. In a certain culture and in a certain country, you yeah. say that to someone, yeah. you can die. Yeah. You know, like that. Like, you tell a certain man in mm -hmm. Jamaica, fuck him up. You can die on the spot. And they will get away with it. And they probably will chop you up, take you to country, somewhere like Hanover or West Milan, dig up the dirt, bury you in the dirt, cover you up, and then come back to town. Standard. Like... I was like, who? I'm not saying who allowed, because no one really owns the term suck your mum, but who enabled them to think that that was okay? Like, do you, not think, do you not think that's because in the UK, UK black culture is pretty much, and I hate the word, it's urban, and I say that in finger quotes, but because it's so messed within the inner cities, um, we come up with white youths. Like we come, I've got white bridgings. I grew up with white bridgings. And also not just white bridgings, whether they was from Somalia. Like the school that I went to, like there was every kind of nation in that school. So we all grew up the same. So we would use the same lingo. Like we would say the same things. Like even like back in the day, and I know it's a bit ignorant, but I used to say like, like the N-word all the time. And like when you're with a white bridging, if you're from the hood, if you're a white don and you're from the hood, like you're from the hood hood, and you're already about, it's more likely man will give you a pass to say amongst your little circle. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So therefore, like, and, and just on that across the board, you're getting these white youths that are hearing how we talk, then they're going to use it because it's like, they think it's just general part of the slang in terms of this is what we say, not knowing where certain things come from. You know what I'm saying? As you, as you just pointed out, the whole, like, certain people, if you say it to certain, a certain man, it's a body thing, Like You're going to get body. But not everyone knows that. Even probably youths in UK that grew up here, some of them probably don't know the origins and how disrespectful that term may sound. So 
when you're going to these riots now, I wouldn't say riots, these protests, sorry, pardon my, um, uh, yeah, these, these protests, that's why it is going to come, come across gimmicky because that age group, they haven't had the learning of where certain terms come from. So they've already heard it from maybe a rapper or a comedian or like a few people talking on like whether it's a podcast and whatever. So they don't know the general context of where it actually def- where it comes from. So for them, it's fair game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what, to second that French, to second that French, if you notice as well, urban culture is mainstream now, bro. And all you got to look at is the UK music scene. And uh, when we were growing up and you had things at like Top of the Pops, urban urban deemed tunes or songs or rhythms or whatever you want to call them, they weren't on there. But now you're, you've got these guys coming up, um, these young rappers. Rap is a, is, a massive, is a massive industry now in the UK market, music scene. And the type of words, vocab, grammar that's thrown into lyrics, it's just, it's so widespread now. It's touching all over the country. It, whereas it might have just been an inner city, um, in inner city, in main cities around the UK, it's now, it's touching your outer cities, your kind of, your, just your villages, your country folk, and it's almost become slang that's normal, normalised the mainstream now. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I agree with you, though. But let me throw a spanner in the works, right? Oh, yeah. So, I agree. Growing up in certain areas, they're going to attach... The, yeah. Enough times I've had, you know what I mean, some of my white friends growing up say, oh, well, I've got a cousin. I'm like, what's up, fool? Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and I agree. But I, when I stood back and I looked, I'm looking at it from, like, I looked at it from a critical race theorist idea. So reason to me personally, how I studied and I looked around, the only reason why they said that, this obviously is performative, is because there was black people around. I was shown a video clip here. Someone wanted me to do an interview for Extinction Rebellion, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they were showing me clips of marches and riots that they've done and whatnot, right? And they wanted me to show it. And then I'll watch the clip and then mm. I'll speak on it. So when they're doing a the documentary, they'll show the clips and then I'll be talking about what's going on. Okay. So I was looking at their placards and what they're saying. And, and these are the same age group of, of the people that was at the George Floyd marches, right? Same age mm. group, right? But there was no sense of urban side. Okay. There was no... And I can't, I can't envision those same white kids going to a march with their parents, holding up a sign saying "Suck your mum, Boris." It will never happen because their mums, their parents could be like, "What is that? What, you, what do you mean? What is suck your mum? You tell them to go suck." No, don't write, don't do that. And they probably wouldn't be able to go on the street with their parents. The only reason why they did it was because they was in the company of those around. That's the mm. only they, they it's performative. They will only it's the same using the N-word. They mm. probably wouldn't use the N-word around their parents. Or if they did, they will justify it saying, oh, it's in a song and blah 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 blah. Mm. It becomes before this is what I'm saying. We've got to be careful with allyship because <laughs> they will say stuff like suck your mom, but it's performative. They don't understand where it comes from and they don't want to understand where it comes from because it would then disable them from using the concept. Same like the N-word. We're still having the conversation, oh, if you can say it, why can't I say it? It's the same thing like that. It's like, why do you want to say it? Like, why? It's because you want to be us. Like, why? That's the only reason why you want to say it. There's no, anyway, right? And 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 that it, that's where I just knew from looking at that point and being like, we don't even know what's really going on here. Like, we're seeing a performance. We're seeing people using hashtags. We're seeing young people going out there and saying, you know, Boris suck your mom and hands up, don't shoot and whatnot. And I get it. I am for the protests or demonstrations to bring about awareness. Totally for it because without that, you wouldn't know what's going on. But to me, it becomes performative because after a while, your same set people you call allies are going to go back to their comfortable, privileged situations and your existence and your experience is going to be forgotten about. I don't get excited about seeing... Um, those protests because it's easy to protest and those protests are guided you have to tell the you know you put in a protest what you have to do you have to tell the police right so you have to call city police or you have to email and fill out this form right so you have to tell them where you're protesting you have to tell them how many people are going to be in attendance and also the date and time so you have to say okay cool on this saturday january the 16th right 
um, we are going to hold a protest. This is my organization. We are going to protest between 12 p.m. and 5 p.m. We're going to do the journey from Hyde Park all the way around to Parliament Square. We're expected to have um, about four to 500 people. And uh, this is the route. And they have to say yay or they have to say nay. More time they will say yay, they will just make sure police are along the way to make sure you're good. But if you don't, I don't even want, I know you can go, but I just want to interject there and just ask, if they don't do that, then what's, what, what happens? Well, if they don't tell the police and do it, yeah, then the police will come and, well, first of all, they will see you on CCTV, mm -hmm. right? And then um, what they will do is, I guess, send out a, the, the bully vans to come and find out what's going on. And they'll mm -hmm. probably try and barricade what's going on. The one that happened in 2016, we decided to go our own way. And mm -hmm. then, because the police were parked up on certain roads, saying that you can't go down there, you, you have to follow this road. So you have to go from Hyde Park all the way around um, and follow it down to Victoria, the classic route to Victoria. And then you have to go left by Victoria, the famous Victoria Street, all the way down to Parliament Square. That's the route you have to take. And then you do your march there and whatnot, right? Um, which essentially started on Oxford Street, off the circus, and it moved down to Hyde Park and then down. But um, we was like, no, 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 why are you telling us where to go? So we was like, we're going that way. The police are saying, you can't go that way, it's for this way. I'm like, why are you no, no, no. So we decided to go our own way. He was calling for backup, um, and then more police came and he tried to stop us. Afterwards, there's too many, so just let us go. But they tried to stop us. I think they wanted to have control and organization of the direction we're going to go in. Maybe it's to, to alert businesses and homes that there's going to be a demonstration in the area, so you might want to get out or park your car somewhere else. I don't know what it is, but you, if you have a demonstration of frustration against the police, but then you have to conform with the police to let them know where you're going, it's like, bruh. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead, it's fine. But you, your time's up, because when it gets to a certain period, they're like, all right, wrap it up. And they will try and find an organiser or whatnot, or if they start making arrests, they will blame the organizer because the person organizing has to give their contact details, so their name, their address, their email account. So if things get out of hand, they'll go straight to the organizer. So sometimes you might see organizers say, all right, we're gonna go this way. Okay, cool, blah, blah, and they'll just leave it. You know what I mean? Anything that happens after a certain time, it's not um, solely based on the organizer, but they will pinpoint the organizer first and then sort out the discrepancies afterwards. But if, if you don't alert them and you just hack it, you make it happen, then yeah, they'll just come for you. But if you're strong in numbers, so <laughs> if you're not vandalizing anything, then I guess it'll be all right. But as soon as you start vandalizing stuff or misbehaving, they'll start making arrests and all the rest of it. It'll just turn a bit brutal. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, same like when we had the the real riots back in, you know, um, the 80s. Do you know oh, what I mean? 80s, okay. Copland, and then Brixton and Hackney. And yeah, that yeah. weren't organised with the police. It was like, well, hold on. So you've had 13 young people die in a house fire in Newcross and you lot don't, you don't know who it was and, all right, cool, we're just going to have a madness. And it just turned peak and those riots will go down in history for like real riots because right. it was about against the system, fight Babylon, but also it was about how you just like not trying to bring anybody to justice. And it, you had riots in Manchester, riots in Liverpool. That was the, the real ones because those, those police officers would really brock you up. Like they would really, ask anybody who's black, who's over the age of 50 and ask them, what was it like in the seventies? You had mm -hmm. certain, matter of fact, I was talking to my dad about it today. Mm -hmm. um, and cause we was watching Alex, he didn't see Alex Wheatle, you know, part of the whole um, small axe, Five films. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Alex Wheatle was watching it and he was like, Listen, you see how the man was just standing there talking to the police that, like, Yeah, what is that in Brixton? You think they would run you down? And he said that they used to get a special armed, um, armed police force that were runners. They were solely runners. He gave this guy's name, I think his name, his name was like Gary something. They just called him Gary something because he could sprint. He's like, After a while, people stopped doing a certain badness on a certain road because this guy would just come. Once you see his face, you just know someone's getting caught. He was the fastest white guy ever in South London. Like He was just dipping and catching people. So those were riots because they would brack you up and there was no way you're getting justice. Like they will arrest you on sus law, remember? Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? So yeah. suspicion of uh, arrest, uh, doing something to people unknown, right? And then they'll take you into the van. They will beat you up and then... 
take you to the police station and say you look like that, keep you in for between 24 to 48 hours, and then send you back home. No charges, nothing. They've got your fingerprints, that's about it. That was a regular treatment. We ain't getting that now. Mm-hmm. We can stand outside police station saying, release my man, or we will film it and be... The amount of privilege we have against police, it was only 30-odd years ago, over 30, only 40... Matter of fact, it's 40 years ago that 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 we had the, the seriousness of riots against the police in comparison to, the, to, to now. So I'd rather we got those in the 80s who tried to fight the system and got real hurt, but it was about really laying the, the, the stone down um, as opposed to these riots, because it's very, it's very performative. You know what I mean? Salute the Asians that were writing with us as well, because they was labeled as black in the 70s. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Anything that was non-white was black. So they were rioting with us and had their organizations, you know what I mean? The Sikh community, the Hindu community, the, um, uh, the Muslim community, they were getting involved as well because they were part of the no blacks, no Irish, and no dogs, you know what I'm saying? So what? Daryl, in terms of, you've raised some good points here. So one of the points I was gonna raise, you, you touched on it nicely because you brought in the fact about riots back in the eighties and so on and yeah. impact riots had. So one example is the Sus law, which I think was a law that was brought in and actually People, I think I might have started, started the Brixton riots or started in Brixton where people just got fed up of it and said, forget this or fuck this, F this. And then a riot just kicked off because of that, yeah? In terms of impacting change and the change people want, what do you think is more successful, a protest or a riot? And also my second question, because I forget otherwise, the protest that happened after George Floyd's death, not just in the States, but over here, what do you think people wanted? What, what, what do you think people wanted to gain from those protests? And do you think we achieved... Okay, so question one mm-hmm. um, was riots versus protests. Riots versus protests. Yeah, what's 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 more impactful in making a change or getting a change? Um, oh, see, that's a very good question. The, the reason what? Okay, the reason I've led you to that question is because, for instance, I know that with the sus law, riots rioting because of the sus law impacted. A change in law on the sus law, so that's it. That's the reason I, I kind of led to that question. But that's not that's that's not. I'm not trying to impact your answer. I'm just kind yeah. of what came through in my brain. I was about to say that because the sus law was based upon the 1824 Vagrancy Act, which was anybody that's seen as loitering or looking homeless or begging begging for money, you'll be arrested, right? So the sus law was a an offshoot from the Vagrancy Act. So mm-hmm. they said. So anybody that's seen as homeless or begging or doing anything that's considered a criminal act, you can be arrested. However, due to the 80s and 70s, right, um, those who were teenagers and young 20s, they are the children of the Windrush generation. So Britain's already fed up with all the black people anyway, right? So what's a way that we can encapsulate these people, either to throw them in jail or to have our way with them? What about we suspect them of committing a crime is usually a robbery, more, more often than not. Um, and with that, we can use that act to say it was lawful because it was lawful, right? So them doing that, they was able to make like a mass amount. I was doing, I actually did a, um, a presentation for the Metropolitan Police on this um, as well. Um, I probably could pull up a slide as well so you can see. But um, they, with them having the power to do that, that was mainly focused, I mean, like over 70% of the, the arrests between a certain period of time, like within like three, four years, was black. But again, mm-hmm. we are only like 3% of the population. So you can see it was a racial bias sort of movement that was going on. And rioting brought around frustration, which then brought around the conversation like, do you know what? It's either we change things or these people are going to get frustrated even, even, even more than they are now. So how about we scrap the act, right? And we focus on other things that we can bring around that will bring, bring unity between the community and the police. So rioting, you're right, brought around change because it was the damage that was done in these communities. And also Britain wanted to look like it was the, the saving grace of Europe. So if they're hearing about these riots happening in Britain, European nations are going to be like, what's going on? How are they treating their black people? They didn't want that. So what's the best thing to do? Let's just listen to them. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit racist. Let's scrap that and see if we can find another way to um, arrest these people anyway. So rioting worked 
Um, because it started off. Do you think a protest would have had the same impact in that situation? Not in that situation, no. They had protests anyway. So when you look at some of the dub poetry by like uh, by Linton Crazy Johnson, um, he speaks about the New Cross Fire. I remember you had the Black Black People's Day um, in 1981. There was marching um, with the banners saying Black People's Day, and they had like, the pictures of the young people and their ages, and they protested and marched to get justice and whatnot with political leaders, um, with community leaders as well. Um, a few white leaders were involved in that as well, and it. And I guess it brought, you know, like a, a, a national sort of, or national news, it brought it to national news, but I think it was the rioting against the police that made the whole thing like, wow, okay, maybe we need to do something because the damage of goods is about money. And I said this before in the last podcast, the system only cares about three things, the loss of life, the loss of property and land, and the loss of money. If you can change one of those things, then they will start to listen. I feel like at that moment, rioting was the best option. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they burnt down their community a little bit. Yeah, they damaged their own goods. Do you know what I mean? Which to some people can be seen as negative and bad, but it got the conversation going. Do you see what I'm saying? So, and not all shops um, were burnt down, only a few, but it was mainly cars. They were torching cars. So um, my dad weren't there. So not to incriminate them, but <laughs> he knows people that were there. And what they would do was they would like, um, like someone would step out on the road, right? And be like, hey, come on then, please car will drive down. And they would get out and chase him. But then there's a group of people around the corner and then they would get, you know what I mean? A, the bottle with um, um, fuel in there and set the car with that. So police cars were set on fire. Like they used to get to blow the certain times. Like you can see the pictures on Google. We type 1981 London riots. And you see the images of it, like they always used to go toe to toe. Now it's it's not it's not really like that. It's it's not. I feel like I feel like protesting will work now more than rioting would. All right, so say that. What what do you think that the protest that we've just had, how do you think it's made an impact and how successful was those protests looking back on it today as we are now? When you when you say success, can you like break down what you mean by success? Because that could be measured in different ways. Because it kind of goes back to what Mace was asking before in terms of what impact it has. Like, what's what's the actual impact? What what was what what did we want as a people from doing the protesting and the writing? What what was we what was the answer? What was we trying to gain? Because there's always got to be there's got to be an end result. You can't just go writing for nothing you can't just go protesting for nothing so what is it that we are pertaining to to get from um act so what i came across was two things two things that people wanted the obvious one was justice for george floyd for the police officer to be sent to prison the second thing that they wanted to do was defund the police they felt like there was too much money being pumped into police and not into organizations that was helping to sort out uh the criminal justice system that's what they decided that's what they wanted here in the uk um, if I, I'll be honest with you, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I don't think the UK understands what it wants. I, I, don't, I don't think because Americans' issues is Americans' issues. There are brothers and sisters over there, no doubt. Just like in Nigeria with SARS, those are brothers and sisters over there, right? right. But the UK, like, you know, they say, like, when America, um, catches a cold, the UK catches the flu, right? So whatever happens in the United States, we like to lobby off it or piggyback off it because it's a gateway into getting black voices. Because there's the, the high population um, of uh, uh, Americans, uh, African-Americans in the United States, um, it gives them a power and a voice across the globe through culture, through music, through history, so on and so forth. So anytime they are on something, we will latch onto it and be like, yeah, we are we are proud to be British, but we are black British, you know, it's our culture, we need to respect to like black lives matter. Matter of fact, oh yeah, don't forget, like at my workplace. So we wait for something to happen in the United States and then we 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 become reactive. We mm. don't know what we want because we will say we want defund the police, right? Here, what they say, here, yeah, they will say that here, yeah. I've seen oh. saying defund the police here, but I'm like, all right, let's check this out. You got people saying defund the police, yeah? 
So you want to cut the funds for the police. Essentially, if you cut funds for any organization, staff's got to go in it. Yeah? So I wasn't, you... I wasn't seeing the whole defund the police. Wasn't that okay? I know for my for my limited understanding of it in regards to America, I wasn't aware that that was the case in the UK, but just in reference to America, the whole defunding of police wasn't the fact of taking funds away from them. It was the fact of taking certain responsibilities away from them, similar to how the police in the UK, they don't just police, they also, if you've got a cat in the tree, they may have to go and get that. If you've <laughs> lost your, your bank card, they'll have to deal with that. If, you're, if your relatives uh, may have dementia and they've gone missing, they're the ones that's getting called. So in regards to the American defunding the police, that's what I think the call was for, to put all those other services and defund them so they can just concentrate on policing, I guess, and training as police. That's, as I said, that's my limited understanding, but by all means, uh, like, tell me something different or more. Yeah, so, um, I forgot this organisation, but there's a special, whenever there's a black movement, there's always an organisation that just pops out and be like, yeah, we're going to specify on that. They calculated in the United States, for the, for the life of me, I can't think of the, of the organisation name, but they calculated, um, what was it, Minneapolis, right? Mm. I think they calculated how much police got on a yearly basis, right? And um, they said, all right, well, if they're going to be going around killing people, they're getting paid a lot of money to do a poor job. So if we cut their funds to, in addition to what you're saying, if mm. we cut their funds and use that money for the greater good to bring around organizations that can bring justice, then things will be better because they're getting too much money and the money that they're getting just to do a poor job, just to kill people, it's, it's foul. So you are right on that front, but it was to do with capital as well and bringing, it's not to keep the money, it was to direct the money somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and here in the UK, um, we, we was piggybacking off that, but again, eventually people defund, <laughs> Like essentially, people with a, with a, with a movement like that, people eventually will start losing jobs. Like they, at some point, someone's gonna lose their job. I'm looking at a capacity of numbers where I'm like, okay, you say defund the police, all right? Whether it's change of responsibilities or whether it's okay, let's cut down certain fees and blah, blah, all right, cool. But certain people are gonna be unhappy and they may say, you know what, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna quit, right? Okay. The same people that are saying defund the police, right? And I'm not for or against police at all. But those are people who were saying defund the police. I'm like, all right, let's say something happens in, all right, something happens in your community, right? And there's a robbery or a stabbing or something like that. The first set of people you're going to call are the people that you're saying you should defund. Mm. Like, I'm not saying it's a stupid idea to defund the police, but I'm like, what other solutions do we have? If we are saying defund the police, direct the responsibilities and make them focus on policing, okay, but that doesn't take away, it doesn't change their mindset of how they should police. It doesn't. It just becomes, let's just, you know, mainly focus on how you have peer-to-peer -peer understanding. How do you um, do, rate, uh, uh, what's it called, have like, racial bias um, workshops and all these sort of things. I'm like, it doesn't change policing. Like, what other solutions do we have? And I didn't hear about how we can police ourselves. I didn't hear about how we create communities and spaces for people who are vulnerable or going through certain situations where they can call upon this number or call upon these set of people and they can be the mediators between an altercation or a situation between gangs or whatever i didn't hear anything about that all i heard about was like let's go to them and let's stop doing that but we've got to stop looking at these people for help or trying to change their situation the police system was based upon literally the empowerment over those who were less fortunate those who were less fortunate at the time in the united states we're talking about 1800s 1700s were kidnapped slaves so the concept of a slave patrol manifested into what we call police, whether it's the New York Police Department, the LAPD, whatever, the whole idea of policing came from slave catching. So the origins of what we're trying to change is just stupid. Obviously around the world, policing developed into whatever else it is, but for 
for what we're trying to do now in terms of change the police force, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I got to the point in my life and through what I've seen where I'm like, what, what are we actually doing for ourselves though? Like, at what point did we say, all right, we need to, because we, before we, were, we was able to police ourselves, certain things couldn't happen in certain areas without certain people knowing. So you couldn't cross a border without saying, listen, and he's like, you got issue with my, bring them two together and whatnot. Our issue with dealing with police, well, there needs to be more organisations and committees that can step into certain rooms and make sure that we get justice for a certain person or a certain set of people. Obviously, black people are five times more likely to be stopped and searched. Not. These stats come out every year, especially every April. They, re they renew the stats and we know about it, but we're not doing anything about it to change it. We've got people on the inside who are joining the police force. There was two, um, these two police officers who, um, whatchamacallit, was on the ZZ Mill show. I saw that. You saw that, right? Yeah, and they were talking about how they wanted to change it from the inside. But he had the other brother, the sister, she was getting it. But the brother, I understand him wanted to change it from the inside. But what was, what he didn't understand was that the police system was ultimately corrupt. Do you know what I mean? Like you got, once you've got blue blood, you stick together. No matter your race, you've got blue blood. So something, something goes down, which was kind of wrong within your team. You kind of keep on a hush-hush and, and whatnot. But he didn't see that at all because he works in a peaceful soul. Trying to change something from the inside is not as easy as people think it is. Because once you're in, you're in. There's certain things you have to do. Do you have a voice? And so on and so forth. So there wasn't, in the UK, there wasn't a conversation of what we could do for ourselves as well as relying on the system to try and change things. There wasn't a mass conversation as what do we want from these protests through George Floyd. I feel like it was an, an excuse and a reason to talk about black issues. Because from George Floyd, organizations wanted to know about diversity. I mean, they could have known about diversity from years ago, but they could have known about diversity when we, when we had our first talk. But mm. since George Floyd happened, it was like, that was a reason for people to be like, okay, maybe, maybe the world is a bit racist, maybe. And even Steve McQueen was talking about in his interviews leading up to Mangrove, he was saying about, you know, the George Floyd's death you know, brought around conversations of film sets. He said, I've been to many film sets and you'll see loads of white people behind the camera. But mm. where are the black people? Like, mm. so I have to do it myself because in white spaces, you're, you're not going to find it. But he's just like, you're not going to find it. But George Floyd's death brought it around. But why did it take for someone to die for there to be a conversation? Like, maybe we need to get a better cameraman. Maybe we need to switch it up and, you know, get other people working the lights and whatnot. It took for someone to die. But then it's performative. They'll only last for a certain period of time. Tell me where to go. Oh.